Collective Show. I'm your host, Jen Sherman, and we have a very special guest today, another fellow entrepreneur, Django Degree. He is the founder of Degree Ventures and amongst other things, an app. So you can see in the background, 860. I mean, he's just a man of, uh, he's Jack of all trades, if you will. Yeah, you can say that. Welcome. How are you? Happy Wednesday. I'm doing super well. Yeah. It was great talking about the mask. You know, yeah, we did. We had a pre combo about the mask. We had a little pre interview, but then we decided not to bring that into the Main conversation, maybe we'll get there, but we'll put on a mask. Yeah, I feel that. Maybe that'll be the next invention. Yeah, Yeah. well, ooh, you know, could be. Um, So, Jago, can you tell us about your background and career experience and how you kind of entered into becoming an entrepreneur? For sure. So, I graduated from uh, Lynchburg College, well, formerly known as Lynchburg College, now it's University of Lynchburg. And um, they, I was there, graduated 2014 with a public relations major. And from then on, I jumped into selling technology to the government. So for years, I worked at Augashell, I worked at Salesforce, I worked at a couple of different companies. And in all of those pieces, I basically sold like, well, in the case of Salesforce, Salesforce, but I sold Red Hat, I sold cybersecurity, all kinds of things to Health and Human Services and Department of Homeland Security. So my background was all basically technology sales focused. Yeah, I love that. We're, we have love Red Hat, all great technology, cyber. We had some, some stuff in common there. So, yeah. I mean, coming from, you know, public relations, then to uh, selling a really cool technology to the government, uh, what motivated you to start your own company? I mean, I can tell that you're an entrepreneur at heart, but like, what, what was that motivation? Well, when I was in college, I used to make music, which that is like a whole past life. But the second that I stopped making music, I jumped into the next thing. And then I had this idea for like an app for food trucks. And so my current partner at Project 860, where we build apps, basically, I reached out to him. I was like, you're the only person I know who can design apps. So that started us on this journey of like trying to design, trying to build. He had different jobs. I had different jobs. And I always stayed in my heart as I went to different companies. And so that started like four years ago. And so as the journey went on and I kept coming up with these ideas, finally, when COVID started, I reached out to my buddy and I was like, we have all this history of building apps and websites and designing. Why don't we do this for businesses as they need to go digital? And so sure enough, once we started, it was like, it went gangbusters. People really needed our help. I mean, people were trying to go digital, trying to build apps, trying to build websites, but they didn't know the first step. And so that's where we came in to be able to help people. Awesome. So, I mean, that makes sense because with Project 860 and the rise of applications and kind of that, you know, on-demand technology that we all love. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think what's really interesting is how you tied all of that together with Degree Ventures. So can you Mm -hmm. kind of tell us a little bit about that as well? Yeah. So with Degree Ventures, when I started that, the idea was to be able to help consult people and figure out what step is the right next step. So as I was trying to get out of the constant churn of all the mistakes that I had made, I started hiring coaches and mentors and things. And I spent like $60,000 last year and a year that I made $60,000. And I was like, finally got all this stuff together. And so after making all the wrong steps, I realized that I really wanted to help people just make a really good first right step. And so as people are like, you know, trying to, you know, go from being an entrepreneur to an entrepreneur, trying to get their business started. A lot of times 
the challenges that they're facing is internal more than it is like an actual external issue. And so I try to dive in with them and help them through that process and consult them through understanding like what steps they need to take personally in order to go forward with their business. Yeah, so I think that's an interesting point as someone who will totally get, I mean, I've been through multiple coaches where I've learned tidbits from, but there's a big difference between like a coach and sometimes they will project like their own experiences onto you as like the right way and where how they got where they they are now and they are giving that advice but I think like you said it's all about starting and how everyone's journey is different and kind of what their genius is different so it's like how do we just get you started and then define your you know success from there yeah Oh, for sure. And I would say the big thing that is always the best first step, and this is like the conversation we always start with, is like, what is it that you want? In general, most people don't really know why they're doing anything outside of, I just have to make money. And so if it's just to make money, well, you can make money anyway. I mean, that's, I've made money in tons of ways. So the question isn't, what kind of money do you want to make? The question is like, what do you want personally, like from your heart? And once you're able to find that out, then we're able to start going down avenues of what makes the most sense based on the things that you like doing and you know what matters most to your life. Yeah, it's interesting because I have some conversations. I think everyone should be an entrepreneur just because why not? But then we do need the, we need the diversity. We need to have like corporate America with big companies and just you know, taskmasters. But at the end of the day, I'm like, if you're in a field where you could make a lot more money being an entrepreneur, like why wouldn't you do it? But that's for another day. Um, mm-hmm. But going back to what you said, kind of figuring out what then you want to do, right? What's your passion? But there's a lot of things that can just start off with an idea and passion, but then how does it go anywhere? And so Mm -hmm. that comes in with the power of networking and building relationships. So I wanted to just Mm -hmm. touch on that and kind of hear your opinion. I mean, you were in the sales industry for a while. I mean, everything relied on the referral or, you know, building those trusted relationships with individuals. Can you touch on the importance of that? Yeah, I would definitely say every job that I got and every client that I've had since I've left my job has been from a referral of some kind. So when I got my foot in the door at a company, it was because I reached out to someone and we talked and they told me what to do and say and where to reach out and everything else. So honestly, that was, I think, a big instrumental piece how to I got into every job that I had. And then after the fact, when I started getting clients, those cl- the clients that I got, the first like five to 10 were all people that either I or my partner knew or someone that I had networked with who got me in touch with someone. And at the end of the day, the thing you always have to remember is from a subconscious perspective, you will always trust someone that you semi know or someone that you met through someone else than someone who just like randomly sends you a LinkedIn email in mail or an email. It's like, Hey, I'm so-and-so I'm a, I could be your best friend. You're like, I don't know who this person is. Like, why are you automation too? Like, like, that's like, so not, it's not, it's so not human or personalized. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's, it's been like the biggest piece to me. I don't think you can really even have a business if you're not networking because the best businesses tend to do work with people who know them, who then refer them to other people who, you know, know who they are. And it's a trust thing and people, people buy people. If you think about things with um, a lot of investors, they buy the team, they invest in the team. I was talking to another uh, head of a VC couple weeks ago and uh, all around conscious capitalism. And he was like, listen, when we are going to invest in a company, we look at the team and we look at some of the mission, but we really invest in the founder because we know that ideas are always going to ebb and flow. 
but we invest in the founder, we invest in people. So I think that's a very good point too, just piggybacking off of what you said. Oh, for sure. I would 100% agree with that. So you mentioned entrepreneur. Um, can you share with the audience what is an entrepreneur and then how, what is that switch to turn them or transform them into an entrepreneur? Yeah. So, I mean, I was an entrepreneur at every job I had, I was obviously doing sales, but I always wanted to do more. And I had this idea of like, I should create something or some idea. I'd find some tool that would make our job easier, or I would, you know, do some extra work with a client to make sure they're happy and follow up, even though that wasn't in my job description. And so the person who's an entrepreneur, sometimes you know it, sometimes you don't. At the time, I didn't know. I, I thought everyone felt like I did and they were just being lazy. I thought everyone like knew that they should do way more than what they're asked because that's like what's best for the customer and what's best for the company. And so one thing I'll say to anyone who thinks they might be an entrepreneur after hearing this is that everyone doesn't think like you and that w what you're doing is something that's special and really can't be taught. So there's always the opportunity to take what you're doing within the bounds of a company, like if you're in Salesforce or an Oracle or anywhere else, and you can become an entrepreneur. I mean, you basically have one of the foundations, which is you're willing to do more than what you're asked. And as an entrepreneur, most times you have to do more than what you're asked. And that's really what's helped me through my process is that I've always gone the extra step or look to try to learn one more thing than just doing what I think is like the bare minimum or what's in my job opportunity. Yeah, I think where that's where us sevens on the Enneagram probably have something in common because it's kind of, I assume, and in the four agreements, it says don't make assumptions, but I always assume people kind of know what I'm thinking or it's kind of like an, uh, of course, like how would you not, how does that not come to your head, you know? But yeah. it's actually that really the value of your own thought and genius, which is why people aren't thinking of that. And that's your value add. For sure. And like everyone's different. I mean, there's creators, there's people who like to support, there's people who, you know, have these grand ideas and, and are really good and mechanical about how they build things. Everyone does things different, but it's something that's a little bit farther than that, where you feel it in your heart to do more than just what you're asked. And I think that that at the end of the day is really what an entrepreneur does. Like we tend to go beyond just what would make us a little bit of money. We're trying to really build something bigger than that. So you know, it's a special thing to be, whether it's within a business as an entrepreneur or outside of a business running your own as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I had one of my, um, coaching client, well, one of my clients that I coach, as I say, I talk about coaches, but coach, you know, <laughs> that was kind of productive, but anyways, so one of the clients that I coach, she is an entrepreneur. And I was like, why would you want to go do this yourself? She's like, cause, but she's an entrepreneur and she enjoys that innovation within a company. And so I can't, you know, just try to convince everyone to be an entrepreneur because like you said, everyone is so different with a different train of thought. And I have a good friend too, who he'll always call me and he's in the sales, so sales for uh, sales, sales, cybersecurity tech. And he will call me all the time with these ideas. Like, like basically telling me like, Oh, why don't you just take them on? Like, Oh, I have a company to run, but why don't you do it? Well, he doesn't want to do it. He just wants to tell me the ideas, invest in it and then move on. I'm like, well, you know, but I find it fascinating. Like, why don't, why wouldn't you take the leap? It's just like so many people are different and I, and it's hard to get my head wrapped around sometimes. Um, but I think that just to your point with entrepreneurship, like wh what is that like fuel that drives people? Like, what do you see kind of, you know, within your, with some of your clients and then also in regard to like short-term and long-term goals, right? So like, 
well, you might come with an idea, right? That's like hot to trot, but then how do you maximize that in a long-term strategy? Yeah. I mean, I would say anytime someone's thinking about being an entrepreneur, I'd say like, look at some of the greats, like the Steve Jobs and the Elon Musk, like granted, they all created technology and things that are really great, but they all have a really big why. And it's like very specific. Everything that Elon Musk does is to like create a renewable future for, uh, for the world, as well as make us interplanetary species. So like, that at the end of the day he's concrete on that is the long-term goal and he may not even live to see that but that helps him set his short-term goals so instead of it being like you know where you're not really sure where you're going and you're just kind of like moving around in the dark you see where you're trying to get to as your long-term goal but then in the short term you're flexible in the details so the long term is concrete but the short term you're able to kind of take things as they come so you know, for him building Tesla and PayPal and all those other things, they were always going towards this long-term thing. So when it comes to being an entrepreneur, you'll lose the fire because there are going to be months you don't sell anything. There's going to be times that things fall apart. You have to know why you're doing it because it's honestly like a thankless job outside of if you happen to strike gold, which most of us do not. So it's all about finding something that's bigger than just yourself, finding something that is like larger and maybe even something you may not attain in this life, but you know what you need to do at least to some extent to get there, like those individual steps. And it's just like, a, it makes the journey so beautiful, it gives you fuel every morning to wake up and say like, I'm going for this goal and I'm going to get a little bit closer to that. Yeah. I mean, mine is to empower the next generation of entrepreneurs. And so I think that's like, I'm trying to do that every single day in conversations, but you know, maybe there'll be some kind of something at the end of the tunnel that's like, okay, this is what it is. But to your point, it's like, that's my mission. And I'll do everything every, I'll do something every day that is amplifying that and telling that story. But it's, I'm not there yet, right? Like, I don't think I've created too much change, but I think it's like, it doesn't happen first of all overnight. And second of all, like that type of thing happens over decades of a period of time. So I think to your point, if it's not, you don't achieve it in this lifetime, you said it's an intention, because I believe in all of that stuff. You said it's an intention for future generations, because quite frankly, we're in this world, not to get all, you know, woo, but we're in this world to really make some kind of impact for the future generations to set them up mm -hmm. for success. And even now, as you know, when we initially spoke about the why of creating um, Django Ventures is because we are at such a high unemployment rate, but those people are just not numbers. They're innovators, they're creators, they have geniuses. Like how can we tap into them to be an entrepreneur and then maybe get hired and become an entrepreneur, but tap into that greatness now rather than just kind of like sitting in, um, you know, being scared or sitting in silence and all that jazz. Yeah, I would agree. Like when I had the idea of Degree Ventures, I chose the last name Degree because like my great, uh, what is he, great, great grandfather, basically, I mean, he started with nothing and by owning land and doing certain things, he was able to kind of empower the next generation, which was my grandfather, who then worked at NASA and helped put people on the moon, which empowered my father to do things. And I think about the name and just the journey. Sometimes what you're doing may not be within a job, right? I mean, like if you own some land or if you have a little trash business to you, it may not seem like a huge thing. It may feel like I'm just making money, putting things on the table, helping my family, but you have no idea what that could equate to. And I don't think my great, great grandfather even understood what that was going to equate to for me. So the idea for Degree Ventures is for just like Degree, that idea of just venturing on, like whatever it is that I do, one person that I help could be 
a huge change that is beyond anything that I could have ever imagined. So. Yeah, I, I speak to some of my guests and I always, with, with another show that I host called We Are Everyone, and it's like, what's a one key quote that you live by? And one was, um, this woman was in the Air Force, she was a pilot, female pilot, which are not really, those are more rare to come by than male pilots, especially during that time. And she was saying this one quote that one of, um, I think, a I forgot exactly who, but someone who was higher, a higher up in the ranking said to her, and she lives by that quote. And it's like, she, she doesn't know if, like, he knows that she, like, that quote's in the back of her head every day, but I mean, you just never know what type of impact you're going to make on someone. Mm -hmm. I, uh, for me, one of the quotes that I heard, I always botch it, but it was basically just like, argue not what a good man should be, be one. I always just spend so much time arguing with people about like, you know, this person's good, this person's not good, they're doing great, they're not doing great. Now, I mean, I could care less what people are doing. I mean, obviously, I want people to do the right things, but I don't argue about it anymore. I just try to live my life in a way that is good. And I try to use that as like my centerpiece every day, waking up, thinking to myself, what can I do today to be, be a good man, be someone who helps someone and, and, and does more for you know the future. Yeah, wasting time talking about others. I mean, it depends. Sometimes it's like, if you are talking about them for the sake of their health and well-being to like help out, which you're going to say the same thing to that person, but there's a mm -hmm. re but there's also that that like wasting time talking about others where it's like, what? you're clearly only projecting something on yourself. And I think this yeah. time period during this pandemic, um, and frankly, I mean, like, I, I mean, this is a four month old pandemic. I think we've been in a pandemic for a while, quite frankly. Um, just a society pandemic, but you know, if people just spent more time thinking and taking care of themselves and being more self-aware, I think we would have a much better, uh, better operating society. Yeah, I'd agree for sure. It's tough. It's tough to go out and do your best every single day. But you know, if you are doing that, like for instance, what I'm trying to do, I can't make other people do it, but I can live a life that will make it so they can't look at mine and say like, oh, you know. Django, Django says he's doing something, but he's not. Uh, every day I just do my best. So yeah, that's another one. That's another one of the four agreements. You just have to do your best. All, just, everyone's just doing their best, which you have to always <laughs> just remind yourself. Whether that's yeah. your like your barometer of best, but yeah. I think people do try to wake up every day and be like, I'm gonna do my best today, whatever that looks like on whatever scale. Yeah. Um, but kind of going into kind of community, I know we touched on networking, but What's the value in community, especially given the current societal climate? Um, I think that the community matters big time. I think like building a community around you of like like-minded individuals is everything. You know, that's why I'm in masterminds. That's why I join a lot of these groups where we do try to think, you know, larger than who we are and how things can be bigger. I will say on the backside of things, being in a community that helps you stay in a place of, you know, negativity is can be just as damaging as being in a community that's actually helping you grow. So, you know, while human, like as we as humans, we want to be a part of a community, I always try to remind people to ask themselves, there's no such thing as a neutral community. Either the community is pushing you forward or it's pushing you down. So I always try to push people to, if they feel like they're not a part of a community that's helpful to join one or try to find one. I mean, we have meetup and Facebook groups and all kinds of things that you can find, but you should always be looking to find some kind of like-minded people or people who push you to think in a different way because you know you never know what you don't know until you hear from someone so <laughs> that's that's just like the beauty of you know finding a community that pushes you forward 
Yeah, and I think that is actually a really good point is like looking around your, you know, I like to say you have your inner circle. And if those are, if you have eight people, those eight people who you go to for advice, if they're not moving you forward, then I would say take out the trash. Um, mm-hmm. Just because like, it's not, in my mind, it's really just not worth to keep those toxins in your life, especially as we move through these times that are just mm-hmm. unprecedented, which quite frankly, they're unprecedented, but I, I'm over that word for 2020 because I don't think they're that unprecedented. Um, I think we can see a lot of this coming. So, um, but that's, you know, I'll get on my high horse talking about that at the moment. (laughs) But I think to your point as well is that the aspect of having people, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Like I find myself not an expert anything, but I think I know the direction of where I'm taking the company since I've experienced for three years. But I also love to get that outside perspective because you could understand what you're doing, but if that outside person doesn't understand what you're doing, then you don't have a product to sell. Right. For sure. And like in general, especially with talking about like the social climate and things like that, at the end of the day with the internet, the internet has enabled us to know so much. And like, for instance, for you, like you're running your business, moving forward, whatever theory you have about what you should do, most likely you can find it on the internet or in a group. Like you can find as many echo chambers as you want. Like we could go down a hill of things that are not true at all and just go and just spiral down it. Like you can find anything you want. The question becomes like, are you in a constant search for like more knowledge? Something that is beyond just what you know today. Like that is the thing that I wake up every day. Like every community that I'm a part of, I make sure that I'm learning something from them each day. So like, obviously, again, like saying, I feel the same as you. I feel like I know what's going on because for five years, I messed everything up. So I'm like, I must be doing something right now. (laughs) But to some extent, there's someone out there who has experienced something that I haven't or know something that will like challenge my own beliefs and thoughts. And for one, automatically, subconsciously, that's tough. You're like, I don't know about that. But at the same time, it's beautiful because now there's a chance for you to rethink things in a new and like beautiful way. Mike completely shift your view as to maybe where your company should go or what the future might hold. So, you know, I think everyone could do a little bit of that because I think whether that be work or in some of the social aspects, people are living in these like weird echo chambers where they're like, hello, 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 hello. See, that's what I told you. Everyone's saying hello. I'm like, oh, yeah, so we're in a cave. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That's why like, yeah. yes, you can find anything on the internet, but I would rather like call you and like give an idea to you or like piggyback then like Google it because frankly mm-hmm. I could spiral down that echo chamber and it's just not, sure. I, I rather talk to people every day than like I read, of course, read news stories and all that stuff and say mm-hmm. educated, but it's just more like I rather, if I'm going to get advice, I'd rather go to someone than the internet. Mm-hmm. Maybe call me like old school. Um, but that's just, I'd rather pick up the phone, but the internet is a magical and, and evil place. Um, but to your point as well, um, you know, thinking about, like, I was talking to a conversation, I had a conversation previous to this day about, like, nothing's linear, and I think a lot of people think about life as linear, and as an entrepreneur, nothing's linear, and you're going to change your mind, and I think a lot of people have a hard time digesting that, like, what do you mean, you made this decision yesterday, and now you're going to, you know, you just changed your mind, like, yeah, I did change my mind, because I changed my mind. How do you, do you experience that? And then if you do have clients or anyone who also experiences that, and then what kind of advice do you give them? Um, Well, one of the things that um, I've like dove very deep in over the last year is stoicism. And the idea in stoicism, one of the things they talk about with like Marcus Aurelius and these other people is that you're not doing enough if you aren't changing your mind, if you aren't challenging the things that you believe. 
but subconsciously it is like i said very hard you have to like practice doing that because if you knew me like four or five years ago i was one of the worst people when people challenged me like i would berate people who tried to question things that i believe because i i was very stuck in my own way and so in general like for my customers and other people i tell them like look this is what i believe today uh, this is what uh, this is the best that i can do i'm not telling you it's what's best for you i'm not even t i'm just giving you my info and all you can do now is take that and then take that to the promised land of however you want to do it because i'm not god or any higher power so all i can give you is my experiences and i and i feel like that's part of the challenge with a lot of the people on like instagram and stuff who are like this is the way you make a million dollars or this is the way you make a million dollars because yeah, you did make a million dollars like that, but that's how you made a million dollars like a year ago or five years ago. Like totally. things might have changed, you know? Like how can you be teaching the same formula for 40 years? Like what was going on for even seven years ago, like was 2013, like that whole world was completely different. I had just downloaded Snapchat that didn't even exist. So how is that possible that like your same strategy worked 30 years ago? Me, and that's like, again. Totally. And that's what everyone tries to say and do, particularly like, not bashing any like generations, but like the way that, you know, my dad moved up a corporate ladder is mm -hmm. very different than now. Like when I got into a job, it was like, you, oh, you jumped around. That doesn't look bad. Now it's like we, everyone's jumping around because we want to get these different types of experiences mm -hmm. and like things have changed. So in order for, hence the reason why I listened to my, you know, 22 year old uh, employee, because I'm like, tell me what you know tell me what's the latest and greatest because you know probably more than i do in some of that aspect it's like really just like listening to each other rather than saying i'm much older than you and i know and this is how you make a million dollars because honey that's not <laughs> yeah. the same way you made a million dollars we're in a very yeah, different economy yeah. you know it is and i mean time time is linear and i'm like one of the foo-foo people it's like construct and all other stuff but like a hundred years ago time moved a lot slower like innovation was slower. You think about like the Model T as far as a car and like how long the Model T was just the Model T and had no upgrades and iterations and how we have new cars every year since then. Or like, I remember when I was younger, I'd play a video game and that video game was like the only thing I got. And now we have online video games where like the game is constantly upgraded. Like everything is constantly changing. And in all honesty, it's changing even faster as we have like machine learning and AI and all these other things. So if there was ever a time where you needed to try to be as open as possible, there's like anything anyone could just get from any of this is like, you just have to accept the fact that you're probably going to find out you're wrong today and tomorrow and the next day. So the best you can do is just try to be open to whatever someone says, listen to it. And then uh, my uh, mentor, Greg Reed, he taught me, it's like this, uh, the sand, sand in the hand. So like, it's like you put a bunch of sand in your hand and as you close it, some of the sand falls out. And as the sand is falling out and you close your hand when it's finished, you now have like all the sand that's left. So it's not like that you're saying what the person gave you isn't worth anything. You just let what you don't want kind of slip out. You're like, ah, I don't think that makes sense. That does. And just leave what you have in the hand to learn. So that's what I try to do with anyone and everything every day. I'm just always open and listening. I actually love that idea because it's like, okay, you have this conversation take what you want from it and then let the rest of it go because that it's so the, true the things i ever heard i love that and that's gonna stick yeah. that can like i can physically do that like that's gonna like something i just can remind myself because yeah. i get so ingrained like i'm very i can be very influenced just because like, i get so excited by conversations 
Mm-hmm. But it's like, maybe just take a little bit of that and put it in your back pocket. You don't need to just like change your whole idea because you just like scooped up all this knowledge. I love that. That's a yeah. good one. One of, the, one of the greatest ideas that I ever had came from a conversation, like the, the idea for the food trucks, which was my original idea. Like I realized it didn't work because someone was telling, like, it was like this, I, I don't know, he may have been a drug addict, whatever, this homeless dude was talking to me about something and something he said made me realize that the same thing was going on with like nightclubs. And I just like, it had nothing to do <laughs> with what he was talking about, but something about what he was saying, because I was listening, I listened to what anyone has to say, here's this guy who like, I ended up giving money to, like helped me re- realize where I needed to move with this app idea that I had. So like the idea that you can't learn something from someone is basically the premise of you have to take everything at face value. You just need to take it like sand in the hand and kind of mix it in with everything else. And honestly, like my mentor, uh, Greg Reed, I was at his mastermind. That's where he taught me that. And while I was there, I was able to absorb so much more from everyone else because I was listening to it and then just trying to apply it to like, how does this make sense for my life instead of what is this person saying exactly? So or like, this is what this person's saying. And like, that makes so much sense. Now I'm just going to go change my whole life around it or yeah. idea. Like that's like the biggest thing. So question Django, mm-hmm. what change do you want to see in the business world? I mean, like you said, we're in a very different time. I'm reading, um, the That Will Never Work by Mark Randolph, the co-founder of Netflix. And thinking about 1997 and Netflix, when you're reading the book, you're literally like, oh my gosh, you're, you're shipping, like you're, you have all these DVDs in it, in a, like in a, um, what should we call it? It's like the secure thing. I can't, mm-hmm. I'm looking for the word, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And that is like, it's crazy, right? Like that was like the boom, like, you know, AOL, Netflix, Amazon, all the jazz. But now, like you said, we're in this, it's innovations happening so much like faster. What's blockchain? What's machine learning? Like all these things, right? So mm-hmm. what change would you like to kind of see in the business world? And then what do you also see like the future of entrepreneurship looking like? So what I would say is like, just to start things off, my goal for everyone, and this is what I think is the future, is learning what your zone of genius is. Like learning who you are as a person, subconsciously, conscious, just everything. Because the problem most people have, what people don't realize is like having success and not having success doesn't change like where your happiness is. And so there's a lot of people who are very rich that I know like in technology sales and other things who are very miserable and are very like money hungry and can't stop. And I know people who are poor who are in the exact, who literally have the exact same mindset and then it's vice versa for happiness. I think in order to understand like what will actually bring happiness long-term is understanding like what matters to you. So the process that I'm working on with my clients is helping them take like this wealth dynamics test, which it like basically the premise of that is that you are able to understand these certain highlighted um, successful pathways and where you fit in them. And I think everyone should know that. Like I don't, I'm actually working with my professor at college to try to almost make it like a course. So everyone takes this wealth dynamics and takes the Enneagram test before they do anything else. Because if you don't know what those things are, you're going to go into a job and be like doing something that you don't like and you don't know why because you never understood what matters. So the wealth dynamic test teaches people if they're a creator, if they're a supporter, if they are, you know, a lord or whatever these different, these different types are, these archetypes. And no one archetype is better than the other. We all need each other. So if everyone is operating out of this zone of genius, like my, um, one of my mentors, Mike Zeller, taught me about this like, idea of the zone of genius, operating in this place that literally is magical for you. For me, it's like being a creator. I love to create. 
but I know I need mechanics. I know I need supporters. So instead of it being like me operating as a supporter, hating it, and someone operating as a creator and hating it, if we're able to come together and know what we need from each other, then you can just create like all these beautiful products and solutions and change the world because you're operating out of a place that you love. And then also by taking like the Enneagram test and understanding your personality, you understand like what matters to you, like what matters to you at a subconscious level. And so I think the future of entrepreneurship and the future in general is going to be like, it needs to be focused on helping people understand who they are individually and helping them blossom into that when they're in college or high school or elementary school or whatever the case is. So for me, that's my goal of how I want to give back, but also what I think is going to actually make for a better future for people because then people will stay at jobs longer. Like if you're operating in your zone of genius and you know, for instance, you love the job. I know some people who are like career marketers at like Salesforce and things like that. They love what they do. They just fell into it. How much cooler would have been if you could have gotten out of school and known exactly to some extent, at least a semi path of where you want to go. Totally. And I think that's so important because I think we're discrediting sometimes like our youth in that regard. We're like, they probably know what they want to do, but they need help getting there. I mean, I was in the agency world when I graduated, I was a comms major. Just because I was like, what else am I going to do? I don't want to be like, I don't, I don't know. Let's just fall into comms and see what happens. And then I'm at agencies and I learned a lot of them. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, this is, I'm not happy. Right. And then I was like, all right, let's just start my own company. And I was just happy innovating every day with myself and others, but it was mine. And I'll create something when I know exactly what that looks like, even if we have to pivot but even just me being in control of the impact that I want to have every day, that's what I love. But I would have loved to discover that kind of earlier, right? Because like the Enneagram test, I figured out I was a seven two years ago. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to know that when I was younger because then you can use your genius earlier. Yeah, for sure. And like, it's, it's kind of tough. Like, when I think back to like my grandfather basically being born right after like the Great Depression and like just the madness that that was, I think that there was some beauty in people finding joy in work. But now to some extent, I think everyone, as far as like a Maslow's hierarchy goes, once you have a job, like you, you've answered so many questions. Now it's like, how do I find meaning? It's not just enough to have a job. Like people want to know that what they're doing is yep. impacting things. Yep. And so, you know, the world has created this like, benevolence to some extent for a lot of people i mean more than it's ever been i mean like like you compare it to the depression for instance but like now people are like well i have food i have a house i have clothes i have this stuff like but now what <laughs> like wh- what's next and so i think if people can get a better understanding of where they fit then like they can be working at a place like a tom's you know where you're like giving shoes back or you know a salesforce that's focused on and gives like volunteer time off and fitting into the molds and the roles that matter to them but then also like looking to the future of what not, like what will bring them joy. Like how can they give back to the community? How can they do more than just, you know, work a job and then that's just enough. It's You're such like, a millennial. Oh, I am such a millennial. And, and you know, it's, it's crazy. Like work is just like just working a job is just working a job. And that's honestly just not enough. If there's anything that I could impart in people about work, it's like, yeah, we all need to work, but you need to decide like how, how can I add value to the world? Like, it's not just a job. Like, I worked at jobs where I added no value for, like, two or three months because I really wasn't doing much, and I was getting a paycheck, and I was miserable. <laughs> but, like, now that I'm, I know what value I give to people and how I can add it, like, the world is that much more beautiful out of the fact that I'm actually adding value. So, you know, think about, like, what is it that you want to do? I mean, there's 
there's some dude who literally has a business where he puts he puts uh what is it like faces and stuff on potatoes and he made like two hundred fifty thousand dollars but like he thought it was like a really cool thing and thought it would be cool to do and he made a ton of money because people were like why not send a potato through the mail so it's like you don't have to work a dead-end job if you have some idea of something like you should just try it. You don't have to quit. You could just, you know, make potato. Yeah. And you could also have your job. I think it's so interesting though, too, is like, for me, if I just wake up and feel like I'm providing value, that's why it's like the value is priceless. And also when it comes to like the community networking, that's priceless compared to actual like money. Like money is just like a value. It's like you have your basic needs met. Frankly, I would just like, I just like to wake up and love what I'm doing and be able to of course pay the bills. But I think that's, that's when, that's when actually money comes is when you're doing something that you really truly love and it's mm-hmm. consistent and long-term. It's not, you know, just like getting those, you know, getting that cash to pay for whatever. It's like, that's the long-term growth. So. Yeah. But the, one thing I, one thing I would say for you is like, as you and I both know, it's not easy per se what we do. Like, it's not <laughs> that it's like all of a sudden this easy thing and I wake up and I just love the game. Like, Oh, does it like, you don't understand the second that I fell in love with the job, money just started falling out of the sky. It's like, one thing I'm trying to teach people as I'm talking to them is like, I hear you about like how the job sucks, how these things suck. That doesn't necessarily get better because you're an entrepreneur or <laughs> you find another job. It's going to be hard. The idea though, is that if we find something that you love, find something that operates in a zone of genius, the things that make that difficult, you almost don't notice them as much. And that's as much a mindset thing as anything else, which is you know why I try to have those conversations with people because fact of the matter is there's a lot of stuff that happens that sucks, like <laughs> me doing this, but I don't notice them because I'm having such a good time. I'm like, then I'll be like, dude, did you like realize that we were like not making any money these last two weeks? And you know, if I had been in my job before, I'd have been scared out of my mind. I'm like, I'm gonna get fired, this sucks, this is gonna be terrible. But you know, it's like a beautiful journey when you are just at least enjoying it so that you don't even notice, you know, the flies and everything else that might be around. <laughs> or like the spreadsheets that give me, like they make my brain hurt or things that just like really fall at the bottom of my to-do list because I hate oh, yeah. doing them, but I have to do them. I mean, that's the whole thing too. It's like the comfort of going to a job sometimes is like you show up, you go, whatever, you get your paycheck in the bank. It's like, I have to chase that money, honey. You know, I have to like chase that money and like, but I, yeah. it's worth it. It's totally worth it. Yeah. So I love it. I love it. So Django, kind of, kind of coming up to an end here, you know, is there anything else that you kind of want to share with the audience before we wrapped up today? Um, yeah, I mean, so a, a big thing for me at the end of the day for anyone is, is that I want people to find joy. I want people to, because um, happiness is a choice, but joy and like what it is that they're doing. Um, I think we're, as a society, always fighting to be happy. And it's hard to be happy all the time because you're just not. Happiness is, is, you know, like you have to say, I'm happy with this. But to find joy in what it is that you're doing basically means that like, you're, it's something about it that makes your heart sing. And so, you know, whether you work with me and I'm able to coach you or help you build your app or whatever it is, I would, you know, I want you to find something deeper than just another job or more money. It has to be more than that. And so whether you're working with me or if you end up, you know, finding out about one of my mentors through this or whatever it is, try to start this search for something that brings you joy because it doesn't really matter how much money you make and it doesn't really matter like what the process is to some extent if you're not you know finding joy in that process and so i just challenge you to always try to look internal as to where what brings you joy and how can you find more joy in life whether that's from your job or just in the people around you or your family or anything i love that well i will reiterate that everyone should definitely have joy i think we have everyone it's a feeling 
and gift that we can every, every, every single person on this earth can tap into, but it's a matter of choice. So that's, that's great advice. And where can people find you, Django? I mean, we have some social media, we have a website. Where can people find you? Well, my Instagram is Django Degree. So it's the first name, Django, like the movie Unchained, D-J-A-N-G-O, and then Degree, like college degree. No spaces, no dots. But um, if you're looking to build an app or you need a website or branding or things like that, we um, do that at Project 860. That's where we have the P860 behind me. And then I own the company Degree Ventures, which um, that's just more of my business that's focused on the consulting separate from, you know, just the app world. Because I think sometimes what people are looking for is just like, what is the next step? Like, I see Gary Vee, I see Grant Cardone, I see these guys. I can't figure out what I'm supposed to do. My hope is I can just help you find the answer in yourself because the answer really is an external. That's the one lesson I had to learn before I ever started making money. So um, feel free to reach out on either of those uh, and we'll, I'll be here for you forever. As long as love it, it, as long as love, it love it, love it. Well, thank you so much. We have Django Degree of Degree Ventures and then also Project 860. Um, check them out. Uh, check out Django's videos, follow them on LinkedIn, Instagram, all the works. I'm your host, Jen Sherman of the Influencer Collective Show. You subscribe to the Influencer Collective Show on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Check us out at Influencer Collective DC on uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all the works. And we will catch you next time. Thank you so much, Django. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. You to see me, baby. Tell me Did you enjoy the jingle? That song is called Luxury, and it's by me, Kat Janice. Find me on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, wherever you get your tunes to hear my newest single, Luxury. It's a luxury.